Welcome to the Creative Blood Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Conway. If you've ever wanted a backstage pass into the world of creativity from the best in the business, this one's for you. Get ready to hear genuine conversations with the artists, entrepreneurs, and creative minds who know no boundaries. Here we go. They always said to me, like, uh, how do you make yourself so invisible? And I don't, I don't really know, to be honest. I think if you make yourself very visible, and by doing so, nobody pays attention. That's photographer and director Vincent von du Vanguard. And this episode is a celebration of an artist's nuances and a masterclass in creative integrity. Speaking from his home in New York with warmth and humility, we're about to go places that most don't get to go. Vincent's photographs and films have been collected and exhibited by museums and galleries worldwide. And in 2019, he collaborated with his partner, Saskia Debrell, publishing Ghosts Don't Walk in Straight Lines. He's also currently working on a new book and film project called Angle of Repose. Combine this with a client list, including Louis Vuitton and Cartier, plus his editorial credentials such as Vogue Italia and another magazine. Get ready to deep dive into Vincent's world. He shares who and what made him pick up a camera, why he believes that beauty is not the core of a picture, and how he came to mentor a next generation photographer. It's a heartwarming and rare insight into a celebrated creative that will leave you beaming from ear to ear. Vincent is the kind of artist that you always want to spend more time with on shoots, which is how we originally met. So during this past pandemic year, it's given us the most incredible opportunity to have conversations about so much more than a job, which has allowed me to understand the man behind the lens. Over to you, Vincent. I set out to become a violinist, not to become a photographer. So it was quite a, it was a big step, but it wasn't in a way, because there are many things that I think are, there are similarities between the, between the two. And the, the thing was like the camera just suited me a little more as a tool to achieve what I wanted. And um, my grandfather passed away at the point and I got a camera and I went out, I set out to explore my neighborhood. And uh, that sort of really captivated me. I could like venture out and, and, and look at different things. And um, I could even get to places where no one else could when I, because I was carrying the camera. I had this really good excuse in a way. I don't really think that has really changed. It's the same thing right now. It didn't change. Of course, other things changed. Your knowledge kind of maybe in a certain way expands, you know, but you lose certain things at the same time. So it's, you win a little bit, you lose a little bit, but essentially that's what I still do. That's really the, 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 the main point of departure. Your interest was in war photographers and war yeah, photography. Yes. Is that what you grew up with? Well, it was, it's, 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 it's uh, that's a funny question because when I was born, my dad actually did an assignment uh, in Biafra where there was a war going on at the time. But my mother didn't really like that. My, my dad going out to like this dangerous zone. And when I found out when I was like, Later, I, of course, I wanted to know everything about a particular journey. And I learned that there were other photographers around whose work I really, really admired. Like Don McCullen, for instance. 
And uh, of course, I tried to kind of figure out what he did and what he saw. You know, it was like a big thing in my head for a long time. And um, uh, and I, of course, I finally saw those those, those the images. And but they kind of uh, um, put me on the path of 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 documentary photography, reportage, like a little bit of photojournalism. And uh, I never fully went like that direction. And um, uh, do I regret? Uh, sometimes, yes. Why? I think there is a lot of truth to be found there, and it's also like I have the desire to kind of investigate and expose myself in those circumstances rather than to kind of hide from them, which I think in photography is actually quite is vital, actually. If you're working in the streets, which I do a lot for myself, um, I, you know, it's not just me walking in the streets. There's just this whole environment of other people. There's a whole world around me. And it's really uh, it's so luxurious to be able to do that. You're going to go out and just look. I think it's amazing. And it's something I can do like for years and years to come because there's always something new to, to, to be seen, to be found, to be investigated. The first picture that you posted on Instagram is credited as the photograph that made you want to become a photographer. Can you share the story behind that? There are two photographs that I can, that I think that sort of have that sort of importance to me and one is in, is indeed a photograph that I took when I was really young and it's a guy who is watching like um, he's holding an umbrella and he is actually watching like um, a shopping area that just um, uh, was destroyed by a big fire and the other one is of a boy actually playing with a ball in, in, in Caracas, Venezuela and uh, both had sort of different um meaning that the first the first one i was really amazed that actually with the camera i could sort of enter that scene and see for myself and there was also it was also like the the paradox of the the the, the tragedy for a lot of people that actually they, they lost their store and, and in some ways their 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 income and there was also this beauty there was this serene beauty which really intrigued me and of course it was a little there was a touch of drama so it had all those elements. And the other picture was just about a, a, um, a boy playing with a ball in the, in the, in the, in a splash of sunlight in the very busy streets of uh, Caracas. And, um, that picture, when I saw, when I, when I, when I finally saw it, the, the, the negative, um, it kind of made me realize what I could do with life and how I could eliminate, um, things in the streets, subjects in the streets. Elements in the street, I should say, um, which I found less important. It kind of showed me how, how he could use that. And it also kind of had this really uh, beautiful moment where the guy is just like from the street, he's jumping and he's throwing the ball and he's just like little lift off. And it's quite beautiful. And so that picture also is quite an important starting point. And I, I took that picture just before I actually started studying photography. Uh, and I, I still feel like I could have taken it today. And I remember very well that it was actually, there was like, um, a bakery at the other side. And I was kind of hiding a little bit in the entrance and waiting for, for, for the moment to happen, basically. 
And I just came, stepped out and stepped into the light and took, took, like, I think there are, it's one strip. So I think there are six, six exposures or something, six, seven exposures. And the boy didn't, did he notice you there? No, I just kind of went out and I went back and I kind of practically, I think I was practically invisible. Probably not, but <laughs> I'd, I'd like to kind of remember it like that. Yeah. But I think there are certain circumstances where I, work with other people in the streets or even was walking with, with the people that I know well. And, and they certainly, all of a sudden they lost me in the streets and they, and they, they always said to me, like, uh, how do you make yourself so invisible? And I don't, I don't really know, to be honest. I think if you make yourself very visible and by doing so, nobody pays attention. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you can lose, you can make yourself lost. Yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because when I, in general, I'm very focused on the, when I take a particular photograph or when I'm really, when there's a scene that I really love and I take multiple photographs, it kind of becomes very silent in my mind. I don't hear the noises of the streets or there are people talking to me and I had it like multiple times just focused on what's happening in, 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 in front, what I'm witnessing, actually. Yeah. Your pictures tell the viewer that the person and the place are connected, but depending on the project that you're working on behind the scenes, we know that there's usually been a meticulous casting process and a location that's been specifically scouted. So how do you approach bringing the two together? Yeah, I spend, I spend a lot of time finding that, trying to find that connection between the two. And even if you watch, um, like, um, people standing near a bus stop or, or entering the subway, you always see that they're using the space in a particular way. So there's always like a relationship between the two. So there are patterns as well. And, um, uh, so I try to kind of find those. Even when I, when I set up, like, of course, the fashion pictures that I take, they're, well, I don't, you could say they're set up and sometimes they are, but most of the time we actually just found this place that I really liked before or even on the spot, very often on the spot. And you just, when you enter this, 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 this space, you see this, you see that connection immediately happening. So I try to capture that. And of course, there are other things that I, try to capture, but that's one of the most, it's, it's, it's very important for me. So when, when you see pictures and you often see them, I often see them in my own work. You don't see the relationship between the two. It kind of falls apart for me. Now I'm thinking about all the patterns that I have that, or that we all have, but we are unaware. You're seeing something, you're observing something that we all perform very naturally all day, every day, uh, perhaps a position when we're waiting for, you know, a bus or a taxi or, a, you know, entering a subway or when we're asking somebody for something, there's a certain gesture that we all sort of very naturally just, we just give off that physical um, shape yeah. or, or look or position in our, you know, a head or something, but yeah, what usually happens is you kind of watch like um, 
how someone kind of moves in a certain space. It could even be, it could, in fact, could be like any space. The height of a space gives like, of, makes people behave in a certain way. The small spaces also do the same thing in, the, in another way. Um, so you look at those and kind of you see things, but then things happen which are a little bit out of the ordinary. That's quite intriguing always. Creative Blood has been fortunate enough to work with you and your partner Saskia on the same shoot. And of course, you've collaborated many times. And there's a wonderful connection that we see with you both. And I was wondering what that's like for you. Well, I mean, there is something that kind of gradually, I think, gradually developed. And, and um, um, of course, it kind of, because you know the person so well, um and when you when you pick up the camera you don't look at the obvious things and in any photograph or in any fashion photograph and i think a lot of people probably disagree with me but beauty is not the core of the picture it, it, ne it never really is you know so if there's no story or a remnant of a story or like a little sentence or something that kind of sparks something, sparks your imagination, there's really nothing. So then it's just pure form, which is in itself not very, it's pretty void, you know. And of course, I know Saskia so well, and we've collaborated over the years in quite a few projects. And some of them, of course, like where I was only photographing Saskia and we did another project like Ghosts Don't Walk in Straight Lines, which is became a book and a film where I also did photograph Saskia, but we actually worked on many other aspects of that project together. Um, so that was quite, and that was quite, uh, that took quite a, that took a lot of time because a lot of research went in, into it. And for the same reasons as we basically just discussed, uh, and that particular project is about a, um, it's largely just about a very slow walk across uh, Manhattan, like from north to south. So then, of course, the question is, which route do you choose? There are many ways to walk the grid. Yeah. And um, so we started to, to record bits and pieces, um, um, interviews of people, um, just asking them about their lives, essentially, and um, and also asking them about like what actually walking uh, meant to them. S some of those pieces, like some of the, the interviews went into the book because we couldn't use them in the film, but they were interesting enough to read. And we used bits and pieces in the film. Um, but the book and the film really complement one another. And, 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 and Saskia has like a little more of, more of a conceptual approach than I do. And, um, so we brought the two together and it's probably also changed the kind of pictures which are in the book like a little bit in, 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 a, in a good way. It kind of opened me up to look another little bit of a different way. It's good, you know, I, I love to collaborate with people. And if you have a different set of ideas, you have a much bigger universe of ideas together. So it's very, it can be very inspiring. And unfortunately, in the many of the fashion stories that I do, it's of course, it's a, you have a very limited time span that you work together. It's maybe one or two days and you spend a little bit of time like on, 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 on the initial uh, concept or the idea. I don't really like the the um, the word concept because it kind of I think it's an idea. It's just very simple. It doesn't have uh, don't like it to be pretentious, but 
you make something, you build something, and you work on it. Uh, in, the, in the best possible way, you kind of have like some images that have that sort of surprise in them. Besides all those other elements that need to be there as well. But ultimately, it's the, it's the image that speaks. And, and, and I hope some people enjoy that. I was wondering, like, who's your marker? Who's your toughest critic? Good, for, you know, for feedback. It's a, good, it's a good question. I think my toughest critic at the moment is probably my partner. And, of course, there are some other French photographers that I, sh- that I share my work with. We're talking very open way, you know, because it's not, uh, you don't want to hear it's like nice and good, you know. It's good to hear like uh, when someone says, I don't really, I don't get it at all. Yeah. But it's difficult to find those people. It takes time to kind of look into a project and really kind of someone else wants to talk about it or wants to share like, you know, criticism and it takes time. So it's not easy to find those, those people. I feel like it's a very trusted relationship to be able to give yeah. feedback that can be received as a challenge for the recipient. Because when you create something, you're exposing yourself, you're exposing your observation, you're exposing a truth. Well, you know, I think, like, I get a lot of reactions sometimes from just people that I don't know. Like I've seen pictures, they send me uh, a text or like an email or I get an email via my, 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 my agency. And it's really great to get it because it kind of makes you understand that your pictures actually land somewhere. Someone is really looking at them. And you get a lot of different questions. And, and it's really, it's, I, f- I think it's really interesting. And I really, that's for me is very, it's very important actually that just anyone looking at those pictures, what does it do to you? It's not that if you talk to photographers, you get a different kind of criticism. It's not necessarily what you need all the time. Sometimes you do. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I have a friend of mine who is, um, um, He's a music, musician, he's a jazz musician, he's, he's quite a well-known jazz musician. Uh, his name is Jeff, Jeff Lorber. And I'm, I've always been a big fan of his music. And I was happy enough to kind of meet him in, uh, in the early 2000s. And um, at one point I was uh, shooting in uh, New Mexico. And he said, why don't you come and say hi? I li- I, I'm in Los Angeles. And, and it was so... I. I thought, yes, why not? So I flew over and um, I'd never met him like in person. And he just invited me and I stayed in his, his, at his home. And um, for the first time, I was really aware I could sort of observe like firsthand how he kind of made his music. And one of the things that really impressed me was like at 5 a.m. in the morning, there was already something to listen to. So I woke up like by six and I could listen to the new music with a coffee. And I was like, wow, that's really amazing. It just starts to work at 4.30. And so we have this exchange. So he sends me all the music and I send him pictures. And it's not necessarily all the time that we kind of talk about like what is, what's in the music or in the picture, but we talk about all those things surrounding it. And it gives me a lot of good perspective. 
And uh, sometimes it's really, um, and sometimes very constructive, very, very, very good. Sometimes it's very practical and it's very good. So I really enjoy that a lot. You're smiling when yeah. you're talking about it. It's, it sounds like a, like a, a really great friendship. Yeah. It's also like mutual because I kind of, when I received the music and he sent me over this, this we transfer, realized that he's been working so hard. It kind of really inspires me. It's like, wow, I can't, I can't believe it. How does it work? You know? Is there anything like routine wise that's really important to you that if you don't do it, it throws you off for whatever reason? I hope it's not too personal. Well, there are just some, there are some practical things that I usually, that I take care of. <laughs> um, Come on, Vincent. <laughs> yeah, no, I can tell you. Like, um, so the one thing is really, um, bef- before I actually take any photograph, um, yes. is it really important for me to have the right shoes on my feet because it kind of is the contact with the surface. Um, so that's something. Um, shoes of choice. Yes, I'm usually. Is it a particular boot? No, or something, it's just or? like very worn, worn sneakers or something. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, but it's just the contact with the surface and especially also in the streets. It kind of gives you this sense of being very maneuverable. I don't know. And, uh, the other thing is, um, also when there's like someone in front of the, the camera who might not be the most like collaborative person or some, anyone like that. When I pick up the camera, I kind of don't pay attention to any of that. And I like, uh, I, I don't like a lot of noise actually. Just like, little bit of silence, not like everyone talking in the back. It just, that's really confusing because you can't focus. You can't think properly. Silence. You just need the space. Yeah. Photography to observe, to observe properly. I mean, it's a lot of, um, it's, it's concentration basically. That's what it is. You kind of slip into this mode. And I think that's what happens in the streets. You, you carry the camera, um, you carry it just around your shoulder. You're not necessarily taking a, se- a picture every second, but when you are, it kind of demands like very, you know, the ultimate attention you can possibly give it, you know, because it's just this moment in time and it will just fall apart right after. What's your secret weapon in life as an artist? What do you feel is the, yeah, what's your secret weapon? Um, get to the bottom of things. Just leave no stone unturned. That's what we see in your pictures. That's a, that's a, that is a, a big compliment. You mentioned you were working with another artist, a younger artist, a younger photographer. Yeah. To sort of support with the editing process. Yes, yes. Is that something that is important to you? Yes. So I've, I've, I've actually been teaching quite a little bit over, well, as you said, during my career, actually, and in various times, various academies, various people. And I met a young photographer in Paris, actually, like about five years ago. And he came to uh, show his work and um, he just arrived in Paris from Colombia. And it was clear actually, so he had actually finished like 
school and he was kind of ready to kind of look for an existing job or anything like that. He went, went through the work and it was very clear that he wasn't ready for any of that. So this is the, 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 the thing that sometimes happens within, within schools. You have the system, people kind of pass, they, you know, and, uh, but the pictures were not, 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 not really great. So we spoke about that and he wanted to become like this fashion photographer. Like there's a lot of young, young photographers want to be fashion photographer and want to be like, um, well known overnight, uh, have their own books and stuff and, and get the, the, the glamour find the glamour of it so we sort of had a different uh, different conversation and i told him actually basically to go back into the streets and forget about what he'd done just put it on the shelves for 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 a couple of years and just find other other subjects to photograph so and he said uh, what, what do you want me to photograph i said I, and i told him like you have to photograph your passion your passions that's what it is so he went back and he went back and like after many months, he, we, we had like contact once in a while. We sat down, discussed what he'd done and it kind of stayed the same for like a long time. And then there was this one time that we met and he, um, showed me a couple of pictures. And there was one really beautiful picture there. A really great picture. And I told him like, this is really, this is great. This is beautiful. Where did you take it? And, um, then the second, then he came back again and he showed me, another set of pictures which were kind of similar to the, to that one i said well it's not the idea it's not to kind of replicate what you've already done you have to find something else it's not like you don't need to reproduce it in over over months and over a couple of years and now he's really now he's ready to kind of um present his final project and he sent it over to me and it was sort of a huge project and way too many pictures and he had a di- difficulty of like reduce bringing it reducing it and uh, this is what i was saying earlier if you edit pictures it's really great if you can like step aside and and kind of look at the things you know as almost like as if you were a stranger that's what i try to do with my own with my own pictures and um, so that's what i'm doing i'm trying to help him out to kind of reduce it and it's not just about reducing but the kind of how to kind of build the narrative, improve the narrative of that, of the book, actually. We did a book. So we're working on that. And, but I, I've done it with a lot of photographers. We build our portfolios, talk about the pictures, maybe also about the, uh, the, 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 the fact that you don't, if you even want to become like a fashion photographer, don't only put fashion pictures in your book, you know. There are so many other things to do. And I think it's really important to show potential clients different kind of pictures in order to give them other ideas, you know, which you might use eventually for other purposes. But I think it's really important. And, and I think good photographer in general, they can look at many different subjects, but it will remain the same vision, the same eye looking at, at those subjects, you know, and, um, some some photographers that I really admire, um, they've worked in different fields, and um, um, I'm always fascinated to look at all their work, not a particular type of picture, but just to to get the scope of what they've been doing, and um, that's really that's really interesting to me. Why did you choose him out of interest? What was it about him? Yeah. So the, um, so the, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a good question. So we sat down in, um, 
we sat down in a cafe, which is very near the Louvre, which is called Le Fumoir. And I told him, what, what did you, what, why did you come to Paris? What did you bring? What, what, what brought you to Paris? And I was kind of trying to kind of tell him, like, just take pictures for, for your own pleasure. Don't think about becoming like a fashion photographer because it's another, it's another thing. First, first, you know, fix the pictures, show us something that's really solid and, and interesting. And I, I also did ask him, like, are you sure you really want to become a photographer? Because it's like a lo- it's a lifelong journey. You have, you kind of have to adjust things. Um, once in a while, you know, you have to kind of stay fresh. It's not, you kind of, once it's, 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 uh, it's not you establish yourself and then, and then you're done, you know. So I told him like, it's a, it's a lifelong journey, basically. And then he t- said to me, and I'll never forget, he said to me, like, you know, Vincent, um, when you leave your family and your girlfriend behind in Colombia, you really want to become a photographer. So that really, that sort of got, I got the message loud and clear. And, yeah. um, and so we, we stayed in touch and, 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 um, over time we still talk and now I'm just helping out to kind of make him like finish the project in like a good way. And we started to collaborate with a graphic designer whom I proposed to him. So just to make sure that the project will become like a worthy, you know, strong project. And it just needs a little, you need to, it needs to be a little, kick to kick it up like a little notch. I myself had a very, in, um, when I was studying photography at the, at the academy, at one point had a teacher who said, um, I just asked him at one point, like, can I just go out and shoot? And then he said, uh, yeah, you can go out whenever you want to shoot. If only you bring back some pictures to show me. So it was very, it was great, really. So he left me to do that. Yeah. And uh, he said, what do you want to do? That was how it kind of started. He said, I just want to wander around in the, in the streets and take pictures. And he said, okay, go, but make sure you show me your pictures. So I, then I would like every other week take like two pictures, maybe one picture, three pictures. There were never like 10 or 15 pictures. And over time, he kind of mentored me and we became very good friends when I'd left school. And... um um when I had my very first big job, he actually invited me to become the photographer because he was the director of a film, of a commercial job, on a commercial job. And so I, I was very lucky in that respect. I was very lucky. In what that was respect. your first job? I did a big job for Peter Stuyvesant, which was like um, a, c- a cigarette brand from the Rothmans family corporation. And, uh, and they hired me. I remember going down and I sat down in the corridor and, um, I went up and showed my work, which was like all like pictures taken in the streets. <laughs> and, uh, and by the next, by the next week, I got a call. They just called me and said, are you, are you available to go to the Bahamas? And I was like, I was like in shock. Yeah. And, 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 um, so I went off and I worked a lot for these, these, these people eventually. And, and, um, I was very fortunate in that respect. And on one of those trips, there was a, um, a great cameraman uh, by the name of Ed Lachman, who would do like incredible movies later on, who became a really big Hollywood cameraman. And he was shooting and I learned really very much from, by watching him. 
And then it would just like measure the light and take a couple of Polaroids and put those like on the windowsill from we were shooting like an incredible, beautiful um, hotel, which was like built in the thirties and just looked like a boat it was made of uh, aluminum. It was an amazing place. We put those, those Polaroids down, down and I looked at the Polaroids and I, I was like, geez, what am I doing here? This looks so good. Why don't you guys just use the Polaroids? But it was just taking those for, for measuring the light. And, and, uh, at night it would be still measuring the light at dinner. So it was just measuring the light by just guessing the light underneath like a chair or under, underneath the table. It was really, when I think of it, it was really strange. I just sat next <laughs> to him. I was just measuring the light. So I just asked him, <laughs> what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm just trying to, to guess the light. And he probably was very, Old very school. bored by the other people who were at the table, but it was amazing. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? All those moments, you sort of, they're all clubbed together at a certain point and they paint the most perfect picture of actually all those elements brought together frame how you really fall in love with something. It ends up making perfect sense. It's not an accident that those things... No that you remember those stories because that intensity and that commitment to a craft is exactly what you bring. Well, I, I, I certainly hope that I've inherited some of that. And, and, and of Hugely, course, I mean, yeah, yeah it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. You've got so many layers, <laughs> massive. Thank you. You've shared so much. Mm. It really means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week. If you like what you just heard, follow us, give us a review and send it to a friend. Say hello on socials at Creative Blood Agency and use the hashtag Creative Blood Pod. This episode was produced by Josie Coulter, engineered and mixed by Ben Beheshti, artwork designed by Sarah Thompson, Music by Ben Tarrant-Brown and presented by me, Laura Conway.